Government. We all know it's important to understand, be it state, local, or national, but doesn't the thought of it just make you want to, well, drink? If so, you're in the right place. I'm Angel Romero, your politics and pints aficionado, and this is Ballots and Brews, where we'll talk all things local beer while also diving into what in the world is happening at the local, state, and national government and what you can do about it. It's Schoolhouse Rocks meets the Daily Show meets C-SPAN, so let's get this show started. Well, good evening, everyone, and welcome back to season two of Ballots and Brews. We made it. Uh, we managed to make it through a summer that included uh, fights on airplanes about masks, uh, the entire West Coast of the United States catching on fire, California trying to recall their governor, and that's not even mentioning the bird scooters, y'all. It's been a summer. Uh, we had There's a lot of beer involved in our summer. Uh, we are so excited to be back for another year of bringing you the latest on all things uh, brews and politics in our community, uh, with, of course, a little bit of sass thrown in every once in a while. Uh, you'll hear some of your favorite things on tonight's show, and we might be trying out some new stuff from time to time as well, so stay tuned. Uh, but we are going to start our show, as we always do each episode, with beer. Uh, we know we drank quite a bit this summer, and a lot of it came from our friends at Happy Bassett Brewing Company, who happens to be our first guest tonight. So we are so excited to have Marty Craver, co-owner of Happy Bassett Brewing, with us tonight. Marty, thanks for hanging out with us. Thanks for having me, Angel. It's great to be back. Absolutely. So, of course, first thing I always have to start off asking is, is how are the pups? How are the dogs? They are wonderful. They're just living their best life, enjoying the summer, and they're ready for fall. Oh, my gosh. I bet. Are they, it's, probably, it's nice out there. Just like hanging out, just enjoying mm-hmm. the, the nice air. For sure. They they love the, the fall weather. They enjoyed the pools in the summer, and now they're ready for the, the cooler weather. Oh, my gosh. They really do live their best life. <laughs> <laughs> they do. That's for sure. Oh, that's awesome well you know this you guys have been busy so you know we were just talking this was the first really official summer uh for your new barrel house location so how was that yeah it's been a whirlwind for sure we're, we're excited and we love the community for coming out and supporting us we've got the barrel house on 49th street just west of Topeka boulevard that's awesome now you know for folks who haven't been to the barrel house before maybe they've been to the the kind of the og location here on the west side can you describe a little bit about what the, the barrel house is like what they could expect there yeah, so the Barrel House is more of our event space where we've got, you know, live music, we've got an outdoor space for your dogs to play, and we've got a lot of land for us to, to grow in the future. And really just love having the extra space there versus the original locations a little bit more small and cozy. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, and oh my gosh, there is so much live music that happens there. And it's great because you've got this really good indoor-outdoor space. You know, people can hang out in the patio areas outside, but there's tons of space inside too. Yeah, we love, um, through all of our events, we've got some indoor music, some outdoor music as weather permits, and we just love being able to have all the options out there. Absolutely. And you want to remind people, uh, again, that location for the Barrel House one more time. Yeah, we're on 510 Southwest 49th Street. So if you're going south on Topeka Boulevard, we're just west of Topeka Boulevard. Awesome. Absolutely. Yep. You can't once you once you make that turn off Topeka Boulevard, you can't miss them uh, out there. It's nice, nice big building, uh, lots of space out there. And I know that you guys were thinking about in the future, you know, things like dog runs and things like that. Any any plans you're looking at in the future for expansion out there? Yeah, so we've got a little bit of space right now now for outdoor space for our best friends to play and we're actually looking at getting some more space inside so we're getting some additional space and we're looking to expand inside oh that's awesome there you go so folks if you haven't been out now is a good chance to did you have to see to see the space um, and see what's also coming in the future 
Uh, and we also talked about the the original location out there at 29th and Wanamaker. And so they've done some work uh, on that shopping center. And so it's looking uh, really nice out there. Uh, I did notice, of course, that it changed up your guys' patio out there. Is there any plans to have the, the patio area get out there? Yeah, we got a little bit of a facelift on our 29th Street original location. And we've actually got even more space out front for a patio. Um, the sidewalk's even wider than it was before. And we've got that new modern look to us. So we're excited. To, to have the, the new patio coming soon. Awesome. Well, very cool. That's when I have to go, go grab Blade the dog and take him down there for, for sure. Oh, uh, yes. Yeah. Uh, any, any drink specials that people should know about happen right now at either location? Um, yeah, we've got several beer releases. The best way to stay up to date on them is following us on social media. And then one we're really excited about, the end of this month, we are having our Oktoberfest. So September 24th through October 3rd at the Barrel House. We'll have German beer releases, some Keep the Steins, music, food, and more. Nice. So, yeah, but again, everyone, that's September 24th through October 3rd, Oktoberfest, uh, out at Happy Best Barrel House. It's, it's hard to believe it's almost that time. It's exciting. Yeah, Angel, I'm totally team fall. So anytime I start to see the leaves, like, <laughs> even look like they might start changing the first day I can put on a hoodie, I've got it on for sure. <laughs> that's awesome. So have you already started trying out the Oktoberfest uh, brews at your guys' place? Yeah, it's always fun to taste those as, as they age because you actually brew those pretty early in the year, you know, summertime and now we're getting ready to, to release them and it's always exciting no that's awesome well i know that i think that starbucks says uh, maybe like already started their pumpkin spice latte so PSL, yep. like, right it's that it's that time for sure um, i usually wait until labor day for my pumpkin spice lattes but yes there you go. starbucks does release them in like august 1st <laughs> it's gonna be like it's like how hobby lobby does christmas in like july like that's what's gonna become essentially pretty soon yes that's where we are <laughs> <laughs> it's awesome uh, well, you, know, you mentioned Oktoberfest. Um, any other um, events that are coming up? You might want to remind folks at the at, uh, the OG location there on the west side, you guys have bingo trivia that happens. Yeah, we've got bingo at both our locations. Barrel House, it happens on Sunday, and then our original location on Tuesdays. And then, yes, we do have our trivia at the original location, and that's always a lot of fun. Awesome. And what night for trivia? Hey, I'd have to look at my nose. Ah. <laughs> that's it was not in something I'd... <laughs> That's totally a reminder. Follow, follow us on social media. <laughs> I was gonna say that's totally what that was. That was that was planned, you all. That was a reminder to, to visit Happy Best on social media uh, to be able to stay tuned with that for sure. Yes. Oh, that's awesome. And and their bingo. I I like inadvertently stumbled on bingo one time. Uh, it was awesome. I was like, I need to come do this more often. I can drink beer and have, play bingo, like, and have dogs around. Like, it's the best. Were you at the Barrel House or the OG? I was at the OG. Okay. So the Sunday fun day, like at the barrel house is totally a blast. We've got, you know, it's a family friendly event, but then you've also got some that, that are without children and things like that older crowd and uh, also just a just a really fun sunday event so a uh, great opportunity to to come hang out and you know get ready for the chiefs games this sunday oh yeah absolutely i was gonna say it's a good way to pregame before uh before mm -hmm. the game on sunday um and of course you know we've got uh, our friends at topeka zoo are doing their steins and vines events they actually have one more uh coming up this weekend i believe and i think you guys are part of that as well so we will be serving at the steins and vines on october 2nd october 2nd awesome there's yeah there's two more events 
there's one this Saturday, and then I think Iron Rail has this Saturday, and we've got October 2nd. Perfect. So there you go, folks. Mark your calendars for October 2nd. Those events are a lot of fun out at the Topeka Zoo. It's a good way to, to have your to get your fill on your drinking beer and seeing animals uh, experience. But of course, for safety reasons, have it, they haven't had brew at the zoo um, in its normal format, but they've had these kind of smaller events broken up throughout the year. So you can visit our friends from Happy Bass out there on October 2nd at, at the Topeka Zoo for signs and vines. Uh, Marty, anything else event-wise or new releases you want to let people know about? Um, I think those are the big... Oh, there's another fun event that we do at Josie's Bakery. We do every second Saturday. It's called Kegs and Kolaches. So I think we may have talked about it before, but it's it's a, it's a real blast and there's different live music there and you can get your kolaches and get your beer. Absolutely. That is such a fun event. That's a good way. If you're going to be up early on a Saturday, that's a good way to do it right there is to get uh, to get some good beer and to get some kolaches from, from Josie's. And there's always live music that happens there too. It's a, uh, become a really fun event. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, again, folks, some, some really good things happening out at uh, both locations, out at the Happy Bastard Barrel House off of 49th Street, uh, as well as their West location at 29th and Wanamaker. Uh, make sure to stop by uh, between September 24th and October 3rd for Oktoberfest. Uh, so mark your calendars. That will be here uh, before we know it. You can check out uh, Bingo at each location, as well as Trivia as well. Uh, head out there on Sundays to get your Sunday fun day on before the Chiefs game uh, coming up as well. Um, and of course, the best thing about either of these locations is you can hang out with dogs. So there's dogs and beer. Like it doesn't get much better than that. Yeah, Angel, we start, when we opened our original location just over five years ago, we were just wanting to brew beer for dog's best friend. And that's still something that we keep close to us is, you know, keeping in mind our our, do- our best friends and we're brewing beer for, for them. Absolutely. Oh, my gosh. It's five years. It's hard to believe it's been that long. Yeah, we just uh, July was when we opened our doors. So, oh, yes. my goodness. Well, that's another reason to celebrate, too. Not like we need any more, but we're going to celebrate that, too. <laughs> five years. And make sure to check out for those of you on the west side. Check out their original location because that. Uh, that a whole uh, area out there does look really nice to take advantage of that that new patio location out there as well well marty thanks for hanging out with us as always thanks for having me angel it's been a good time absolutely well for folks listening out there stay tuned after the break we will be back with our beer flight of the night Uh, so this is what we previously called our roundup uh, where we take you through the latest greatest happenings um uh that are going on with local government local politics um we're still going to do that we're just going to do it in a little bit of a different format we're going to do a beer flight style so stay tuned for that that's going to be up after the break remember you're listening to ballots and brews here on ksa 785 live radio Seven eight five magazine is proud to present KSEF Digital Radio, Topeka, Kansas. That's the thing you're listening to right now, and we're celebrating everything local and everything Topeka. Learn more at seven eight five live.com and thanks for tuning in. Alrighty, everyone, we have now reached a point of the night where we would normally do what's called the Roundup, um, which is where I take you through the latest, greatest happening in state and local government. Um, and we're still going to do that, but we are changing things up a bit and embracing our ballots in brews theme. Um, so tonight I am presenting our first political beer flight. Uh, each week on the show, we are going to go through a flight of beers aptly named for the top political news stories of the day. So let's get things started. We are going to 
start up. Uh, first off tonight with the Fair Pay IPA. Uh, this is a hoppy beer to describe Tuesday night city council meeting that was in fact hopping with items on its agenda, including approval of three different employment contracts. One for the Topeka Police Department, one for Topeka Fire, and one for the city street maintenance employees. Now, each of these employee groups is represented by a labor union, and in the case of TPD and the fire department, the city has been locked in months-long discussions with their unions to try and hammer out some kind of deal. One area of interest I know a lot of people have, of course, is the contract with the Topeka Police Department. Um, you can find all this info in CJ Online's really excellent coverage I have of uh, this Tuesday City Council meeting. Um, but just so you know some details of what TPD's contract includes. Um, so it does include a one-time payment of $3,000 for eligible employees. It reduces the time period after which the city may release body or vehicle camera footage um, from officer-involved shootings without the consent of employees and union. Um, that period was 60 days, um, but now it's been lowered to 30 days. Um, so they can do that within 30 days um, now of an of officer-involved shooting. Um, it removes a requirement that the city provide legal counsel for officers that are facing criminal charges. Um, it does away with uh, some rules that spelled out when disciplinary violations can be removed from an officer's personnel record. Um, these new rules now um, say that suspensions of three days or less can be removed from an officer's personnel record after two years if they have no further disciplinary violations of a similar nature. So it makes some, some, some changes there. Um, this new contract also says that only violations that bring a suspension of 15 days are more can be taken into an account when a cons uh, when an officer is being considered for a promotion. Uh, so a couple changes on that part. Um, it should be noted the TBD contract does not provide a pay raise for their offices next year uh, for their officers next year in 2022. Um, however, uh, it does provide a one and a half percent pay raise for officers uh, with the rank of sergeant and below uh, starting in January 2023 and then continuing in July 2023, January 20. 2024 in July 2024. Uh, so uh, a couple sets of raises coming to their officers, some of their officers here in the next couple years. Uh, there was one lone dissenting vote on the TPD contract that came from Councilwoman Christina Valdivia Alcala. Uh, she actually had two concerns about the contract. She did not like uh, the changes regarding when disciplinary violations are removed from an officer's record. And she didn't like that the contract removes a requirement that officers receive at least a meets expectations um, on their performance evaluations to get their step pay increase. Um, now, obviously, like I mentioned before, there's been lots of attention paid to how police departments are funded. Um, and so that conversation will certainly uh, continue on after this. Uh, next up, we are going to look at the Smooth Road Pale Ale. Uh, pale ales are a good go-to when you're looking for something smooth and not complicated, and that's exactly what the county commission is looking to do for county roads. Uh, at this week's commission meeting, the county announced that the Kansas Department of Transportation will actually be paying 90% of the cost to carry out a study that looks at creating a road safety plan for the unincorporated parts of Shawnee County. Uh, the county's 10% share of those costs will only amount to about $5,265. Uh, so this is going to be 
a pretty big study, y'all. It's going to look at how it's going to look at all paved county and township roads, uh, with the exception of those with speed limits lower than 35 miles per hour in certain subdivisions. And really, if you're going less than 35 hour miles per hour, you might as well just be parked, right? Uh, just kidding. I am a very safe driver, as many people will attest. At least I think they will. Anyway, uh, again, this is looking at the unincorporated parts of Shawnee County. So look out, all you residents of Elmont and Watson and Dover, etc. This show is huge in Elmont, by the way. Um, And a side note, speaking of the unincorporated parts of the county, confession. I have actually never visited the Somerset Cafe in Dover, but I hear it's amazing. And I just needed to put that out there. Now, maybe that will actually convince me to visit sometime. I also think that's where the pilot lady was um that's which is a thing right like this is the lady that made the really good pies i'm not like a pie person in general not a huge pie person uh but that's a whole other conversation anyway moving on Uh, Our next beer we're going to take a look at is the Jailhouse Stout. Um, If anyone is looking for a change of career or heck, even a good side hustle, uh, the Shawnee County Jail has a deal for you. Uh, Turns out we are facing quite the staffing shortage at the Shawnee County Jail. Uh, Shawnee County Department of Corrections Director Brian Cole recently informed Shawnee County Commissioners that 20% of their positions remain unfilled. Uh, So as part of their efforts to recruit more officers, pay for a corrections officer, uh, has actually risen to $19.28 an hour. Um, so how are we handling the shortage right now? Well, there's a lot of overtime pay that's going on, uh, which is, of course, doing no favors for employee morale at the jail. Uh, the jail is also having to cut down on some of their services to their inmates and is seeing daily lockdowns um, for inmates, which, according to every prison show i watched, is never good. Um, so I would not advise going to jail at any point, and let's be honest, we all know I would not do well in jail, uh, but I would definitely avoid it right now. Um, It should be noted, this is an issue being seen at jails across the country, and some progress is being made. Uh, The county commission actually decided not to cut these vacant positions um, because the jail has been uh, really focused on actually getting them filled and needing those staffing levels, and they're actually making some progress. There's a class of applicants going through the hiring process right now, and they have some future hiring events planned, so they're you go spread the word uh about about those openings uh let's see next up on our flight we've got the i promise i'm not really an election official porter uh i have to admit porters are not my favorite beer they're a little hard for me to choke down and speaking of hard to choke down a recent change in kansas voting laws has proven to be a little bit too much for many civic-minded nonprofit organizations in the state uh, a law passed during the last legislative session which is always an ominous start to a sentence, I feel like, these days, uh, makes it a felony to engage in, quote, conduct that gives the appearance of being an election official or, quote, would cause another person to believe a person is an elected official. Well, as many of you know, there are lots of non-election official groups that engage in voter registration efforts. Uh, This includes the League of Women Voters, advocacy organizations, college organizations, Barb down the street who wants to make sure her neighbors get out to vote, etc. You know the drill. These orgs will often distribute voter registration cards, provide information to individuals on how they can get registered to vote. I've been a part of a lot of these efforts before. They are outstanding ways to reach out to a lot of people and answer any questions 
questions they might have. Sometimes when you can present people with the information right in front of them, it makes it really hard to, to avoid it. So these efforts are pretty, uh, usually can make a pretty big impact. Uh, now, some background you may be asking yourself, but Angel, why would anyone have a problem with these kinds of things? Well, remember that this law, of course, came about as a result of all the rigged election talk in the last year. It was actually part of a package of laws that put new restrictions on voting in Kansas under the guise, of course, of protecting the sanctity of our elections. Yeah, sure. This whole protecting the sanctity of our elections talk has really reached the I read Playboy free articles level of unbelievability at this point. Uh, as we saw in the last legislative session, legislators have been more than willing to go after even nonpartisan groups like the League of Women Voters and their efforts. Uh, this law provides tremendous ammunition for any of those who simply don't like the idea of getting people registered to vote. Um, all they can say is, oh, my goodness, I'm, I'm confused. I think this person might be trying to impersonate an election official. And before you know it, Barb, your friendly local League of Women Voters member, is looking at a potential felony crime, uh, a felony sentence. Uh, sadly, this means that the League and most other large organizations have really stopped all mass voter registration efforts uh, for fear of someone misconstruing what they're doing. Um, but it should also be mentioned that these organizations aren't taking this lightly. Uh, many of them have banded together to sue the state of Kansas over this law. Uh, the Kansas Reflector actually has a great article on their website detailing the lawsuit. Um, for their part, the state responded to the suit using the odd and uh, somewhat graphic statement that, quote, plaintiffs are effectively thrusting at lions of their own imagining. You're welcome for that mental image. Uh, the nonprofits involved in the lawsuit have asked for a quick ruling on the matter, and the district court judge expects that she will have a ruling soon. So stay tuned for that. Um, and that, folks, marks the end of our first political beer flight of season two of Ballots and Brews. So we hope you like that. And we're going to have a lot more of that coming to you over the next over the next year. Um, but stay tuned. After the next break, we are so excited to begin our series of uh, interviews with candidates for uh, Topeka mayor. So we have we're starting off with uh, City Councilman Mike Padilla on tonight's show. So we've got that interview coming up um, after the break. Stay tuned. You are listening to Ballots and Brews here on KSF 7 Five Live Radio. You're listening to Ballots and Brews on KSCF Digital Radio Topeka. For advertising opportunities, please go to 785live.com. Thanks for tuning in. All right. Well, I think I'm ready if you are. I'm ready. All right. Here we go. Alrighty, folks. Well, welcome back. And we are so excited as our inaugural episode of season two keeps rolling. Uh, we are, of course, as we always do, featuring interviews with local policymakers and elected officials. And uh, because we are just only 49 days away from Election Day, we are kicking off a series where we are speaking to each of the individuals running for mayor, as well as city council member in the city of Topeka, so that you can get, uh, get to know them and get to make an informed choice uh, on Election Day. Day when that comes up on November 2nd here in just 49 days. Actually, by the time you all listen to this, it'll be like 46 days away from Election Day. So time is going fast. So uh, tonight we are starting with the mayor's race. And so we are beginning this evening with City Councilman Mike Padilla, one of the candidates for mayor. Mike, thanks for hanging out with us tonight. Oh, you're, you're, I'm glad to be here. Thank you for the invitation. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, my gosh. I can't believe it's less than 50 days from Election Day. Can you believe uh, it? Uh, neither can I, believe me. <laughs> 
I'm sure, absolutely, absolutely. Well, you know, as we as we get started, uh, can you just tell folks a, a little bit about yourself, kind of your background, um, uh, how you got to Topeka, that sort of thing? Well, I got to Topeka via my mother at St. Francis Hospital. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> because I was born in Topeka, uh, been here all my life. Uh, I was fortunate to be uh, uh, involved with a very, very tight knit and active family. I had four brothers. Awesome. Uh, and and uh, we still, for the most part of us, are here in Topeka. But my background is that uh, I grew up in uh, Oakland initially, went, going to Our Lady of Guadalupe Elementary School, and then went to Hayden, and then went to Washburn for a while. Uh, and so uh, during that time, though, um, I decided I wanted to become a Topeka police officer for a number of reasons. And so when I became of age, uh, that was uh, my intent. So I applied and I was fortunate enough out of, I remember I remember this clearly that myself and another good friend of mine, uh, Jesse Torres, who was a police uh-huh. officer as well, who was just, who has unfortunately passed away, good friend of mine. But uh, we took the test along with a little over 500 applicants, if you can believe it. And out of that group, six of us were chosen. Oh, my gosh. So I felt really lucky. Yeah. uh, Grateful. Uh, And uh, I enjoyed a 34-year-long career with the Topeka Police Department. And, And during that time, I served in almost every division there except for records division. That didn't suit me at all. So, uh, but, uh, yeah, I, I started off as a patrolman and uh, uh, eventually uh, worked into the tactical unit where I was the commander of that tactical unit. Uh, I also at that time had the helicopter unit, canine unit. I uh, actually oversaw the bicycle unit when they first put that into place uh, when we started community policing uh, with Lieutenant Bud Brooks. He was one of the guys who really brought that around. And so he and I worked together on that. Um, Like I said, I I worked up in the homicide division for a number of years, Um, worked in uh, narcotics, did some undercover work um, here and out of town. Um, Also was the district court liaison officer for Shawnee County District Court. What that was is that uh, I worked out of the uh, Shawnee County District Attorney's Office and officers who sent uh, reports over for uh, caseload uh, to be prosecuted on, I would review the case reports, um, get with the officer to make sure all the facts were in there that the prosecutor would need. And so it worked out pretty good. It was a hand in glove um, collaboration so that uh, the prosecutors felt like they really had all the information they needed to move forward in the case. And the officers really good about that in the sense that sometimes it would get to court and you never hear from anybody until it was time to appear as a witness. And so this this was a, a real good idea. Now, I, can't, I think you still have that in place at the district attorney's office. A number of that after me, but I was the initial person to get that done, so I enjoyed that. Uh, and my time in homicide investigation really uh, came into play, so I looked at a lot, a lot of detail and really knew what was going to be necessary for court. Um, and I uh, also uh, spent a lot of time in administration after that as I promoted up to the ranks, uh, became a lieutenant captain, then eventually um, 
as a division commander in the Uniformed Services Division in patrol. And so I enjoyed a really good career there. And uh, I go back to this because a lot of people wonder why I am doing what I'm doing now. <laughs> and uh, the police department gave me a real uh, on-the-ground opportunity to meet a huge, diverse group of people in Topeka. Uh, from the people I worked with on the street on calls, from the people in the district attorney's office, to associate with a lot of grassroots civilian organizations. You know, sometimes I don't know that people know that there are that many uh, nonprofit groups working uh, in the city of Topeka for the betterment of Topeka. Sure. And, and as a police officer, officer, everybody wants to have a policeman at the table. Right. You know, because they want to, if nothing else, ask you what's going on down the street. But after <laughs> that, it gives you a chance to give them a perspective that they utilize and how they provide the resources to the citizens. And so that really broadened me as a police officer and as a citizen of Topeka. It gave me a much better idea and understanding of uh, what is available what the problems are, um, what efforts are being made to solve those problems, how to bring people together to collaborate in the solving of those problems. So uh, the police department was a real good experience for me in many, many ways beyond just l becoming a good police officer. It really gave me a holistic view of the city of Topeka. And so for that, I've been very appreciative. Worked with a lot of good people. From there, uh, I left when I retired. I thought I was uh, done for a while, but I was uh, pressed into service by, by then uh, Governor Sabius and uh, Secretary of Revenue uh, Joan Wagner and asked to come over and work for the Department of Revenue as their chief of enforcement. Ah. And yeah, and I was there. The, the uh, idea was that I would be there for about four years or until the next governor was elected, and then I would go back into retirement. But as, th <laughs> as things would have it, um, a new administration came in with Governor Brownback, and uh, a new Secretary of uh, Revenue came in. Um, I spent some time there visiting and with the new secretary, a new administration, and they asked me to stay on. So what was a four-year new? Initial commitment turned into ten and a half years. Ah. <laughs> so, yeah. So, and that was good. I really, that was another thing that I really liked about uh, the law enforcement background. I had moved from a citywide jurisdiction to now a statewide jurisdiction, and to be able to coordinate with all the law enforcement communities and civic groups across the state really was. Um, a learning and experience, you know, because every city is different. Oh, yeah. Every police department is different. So you have to be uh, listening to what the situations are. You have to be uh, understanding of what their limitations are and what they want to accomplish and then work with them as much as you can to help them meet their goals. So, again, for me, I continued to to learn in that process. And uh, for that, I, I really think that has been the, the huge eye-opening thing that uh, I, it has helped me now too, uh, sitting as the deputy mayor in the city of Topeka. 
Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Well, and and we should talk about you know you, you were able to to leverage that experience. You now, of course, sit on the city council, represent District Five, kind of that south central uh, kind of part mm-hmm. of the city. Uh, what do you think you've been most uh, proud of from your time on the city council? You know, it, it is really hard to pick any one thing, yeah. uh, and it goes it gets back into the there are so many groups and bodies uh, uh, in the city that are working together and being able to meet even more now sitting as a councilman. I think the things that jump to my mind are initially being involved very quickly in the Momentum 2022 uh, project. Oh, yeah. And, you know, it's funny that that, I never thought that was going to get here, but now (laughs) that's going to be next year. And then already we're talking about Momentum 2027. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And I know we're just thinking about all the things that have happened during those almost four years now and the plans that we can uh, visualize now uh, for the next four or five years. And so for me, uh, getting that opportunity uh, really prepared me for continuing uh, on my term uh, sitting on the council. I have really enjoyed uh, JADO being part of the Joint Economic Development Organization. Sure. Uh, and one of the things that stand stands in my mind is uh, being part of and being able to chair the Small Business Recovery Commission oh, yeah. uh, under JADO. And at a time when, you know, we were all going through a pandemic, uh, you could see again the community uh, reacting and responding um, by oh, the the programs that they self-initiated from some of the business businessmen and the uh, name eludes me right now <laughs> real quickly where they where they, they uh, were able the ho- the host program oh yeah uh, where, yeah to help uh, local businesses that just showed a resiliency of this city and and a determination that pandemic or not we're going to keep these people in business we're going to find a way to pay employees. We're going to try to keep moving forward in a different way, but moving forward and not just uh, throwing our arms up and and closing closing shops down. So being able to serve on that Small Business Recovery uh, Commission really uh, was an enjoyable uh, opportunity for me to see the work in real life because you can see the businesses that benefited from that work. So bringing back the boulevard, that's a, a favorite oh, of yeah. mine. I think you're familiar with that. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, uh, people get pretty nostalgic about that boulevard if you've yeah. been from Topeka. And, and, and uh, you know, if you look at some of those posts on Facebook from the Histic Geeks, you can <laughs> see all those things that meant a lot to Topekans who are still here. And so uh, I really determined, because it's in my district, that I would work real hard with those people who shared that that concern that uh, that the the boulevard wasn't getting the attention it should as a main artery of transportation in the city of Topeka. And so uh, private businessmen uh, came to me, and uh, I hope he doesn't mind me using his name, <laughs> Kent, Kent Lammers. I don't know if you know oh, Kent yeah. or not. Okay, Kent. He and I got together initially and uh, had a meeting of about three of us together, and I think Frank Mead was in on that. And uh, the next thing we knew, uh, a few months later down the road, we 
we've got probably 35 people at least involved in that as a as a group, and they're all concerned businessmen who want to do their part in collaboration with the city to continue to improve that part of town, and not just at the south end, but taking it north all the way in as a gateway to the city of Topeka. So that's one thing I'm really proud of. And the fact, the chance that I was able to sit also on the uh, Community Grants Committee for the city of Topeka and work out a system now that really I think is being uh, utilized in a very good way to help those uh, nonprofits that really uh, do good work. You know, they, they really have tried to do the best they can with the funds they have available and the city being a partner with some of that work like the boys club and uh, salvation army and uh, the senior centers here in topeka they really serve a population that sometimes we maybe overlook yeah uh, but those are the kinds of things that have really stood out in my mind. So as you can see, it's not any one or two things. There are a lot of things. Sure, absolutely. Lots to, lots to be proud of. Yeah. Well, and, you know, you've had, a, of course, a busy time on the city council and then, and then a long career before that. So after all that, then uh, now, of course, you're running for mayor. So what, what made you decide to want to run for mayor? Well, you know, uh, Angel, there were a number of things. Uh, when I ran for council, you know, I was, you know, what I want to say, looking for my next way to help. Sure. And and uh, the opportunity came up for this district, and I thought, you know, what better way than to get on the council, uh, represent a district as part of the whole, of the whole city, and be able to be in on as much as you can with information that would be able that you would be able to use to share with others to help them in the situations they are in and it wasn't any one thing that drew me to the council job it was just the opportunity to help sure. and get into yeah even yet a bigger circle of people in Topeka. <laughs> and so I've really enjoyed my almost four years now yeah. uh, doing that work. I, I enjoy the people I sit with on the council. I think uh, there are some very smart people there who have the same common goals that we uh, as citizens and as council have to make the city better. I like, and you probably said this yourself, you like surrounding yourself with smart people. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, you, <laughs> so it runs off. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So you can, hey, you're pretty sharp. You know, I'll listen to you a little bit more. I'll, I'll, I'll learn a lot more. Right. Being, being in that position, uh, I really came to the point where, you know, um, I had decided to run for a second term in my district, uh, but then uh, Mayor Michelle De La Isla announced that she was not going to run, and I thought about still um, uh, staying and running in my district, but I said, you know, sometimes opportunity knocks when you least expect <laughs> it, and so the, the thing is to be ready, uh, and prepared, and then react, and so I think I'm ready. I've put in 
uh, quite a bit of work. I'm not tired of doing the work. So I thought, well, I'll take it to one more level, and hopefully the <laughs> citizens of Topeka will see what I've done and give me the privilege of being their next mayor. Hey, absolutely. Well, you know, as you as you look forward and, you know, you think about what that uh, role could look like, uh, you know, as you think ahead, what, what would you consider to be kind of the single biggest challenge that's facing our community right now? You know, uh, that's a good question, uh, Angel, because uh, you'll probably get a different answer from every council person you talk to. Sure. Uh, but one thing that keeps coming back to me uh, at the base of a lot of what we talk about with regards to you know economic development and uh, uh, more opportunities for small business and those kinds of things it keeps coming back to something I was really involved with last year and that is that I was involved with was that was sent census 2020 oh yeah and it comes back to our population you know if we can't grow our population uh, in relation to the needs and things that we need to be able to support uh, by the size of our city and our population and the tax base we have to work really really hard at taking care of the people that are here and and we retain them in the city of Topeka, do everything we can to make uh, every generation feel that they have plenty to do in this city so that they want to stay here and help us build all those things that attract people here. But you know, I, I really do feel that uh, our strong point are the people that we have here now. Sure. They yeah. decided they were going to be here in Topeka. We'll attract those others and we got to keep working hard for that. But we really have to work hard at taking care of the people that we have here. And just like if you had a business in a restaurant, you want everybody to come to your restaurant, but the ones that come on a regular basis, you've got to bend over backwards to really, really give them the best service you can. And I think that's a responsibility of our government as a whole or our local government. We have to be the best servants we can to the population as a whole. Sure. So that so that's where what, what I think is a, a, one of the biggest challenges is our population growth or a decline in, in growth. Because I know that that report came out that said Salina and Topeka were the only two that, that declined. We can't have that. Right. We're a capital city. Absolutely. Well, so, well and, and that's actually a good segue into my, my next question was, so thinking about uh, thinking about my people, uh, our young professionals and those folks that are under 40, that crowd, um, you know, what, what can Topeka do, do you think, to make our, our city an attractive place to both attract but also retain? Because I think what you said about retention is really important. So how do we keep young professionals in community in our community and then how do we attract more to come? You know, one of the things that I try to do as a council person, uh, and I did it as a policeman too, I would go to as many events as I could, not just the ones that maybe I preferred. I would go to as many as I could just to see what the turnout was, to see what kind of uh, diverse population uh, involvement turned out at these events. And you begin to see a pattern sometimes, I think, that uh, there are uh, Real young folks that turn out for all the sports games and everything else at the high schools and stuff. And then you have some of the others who show up for, oh, like the, some of the events that they have at the zoo and 
and those kinds of events to where then you see a di different demographic, uh, young professionals in there. You know, I went to that one last one, I think, uh, last year uh, for the brew at the zoo. Uh, and oh, yeah. I looked around and I told Ronnie, I said, I have never seen a, a group of this aged residents okay. in the city of Topeka all in one place and look at them all. Yeah. So, so why don't I see them at other events in the city? Because for some reason, it doesn't click for them that that, that might be something they, that they would enjoy. So I think it's our job to really, as much as possible, put out, like we were, you and I were talking, all the things that happen in this city so that people say, you know, there is a lot to do in Topeka. It's just a matter of taking that step that maybe it might be a little bit out of your comfort zone to see what it's like. Sure. You know, you know I talked to some people and they said, you know, I've never been to the Mexican Fiesta. And oh I, can't believe, I can't oh believe, I can't believe it. Yeah. <laughs> and, and these are long time residents. Yeah. Or, or you know, uh, never been uh, to the plaza. Some people said, mm. never been down there. I said, you know, it doesn't cost you anything to go there. Right, exactly. I, I drove down there during the week uh, earlier. My wife and I were driving downtown. And, uh, you know, I was just so pleased to see that plaza full of people watching the movie downtown. Yeah. Uh, the weather was perfect. Kids were running around. I mean, you wouldn't, you know, you may not. That may not be your thing, but try it, and you might like it. And for the young professionals, I think more and more and more, they have to be at the table when some of these uh, development plans are being considered so that we don't look at just... Uh, what we have always done, you know. Sure. Maybe we're gonna we're gonna have retail. We're gonna have a hotel. Okay, we we need that. We need retail. We need places for people to stay. But we have to look at the things that are missing right now. And I think they're better able to tell us what they are if we can get them. I think Forge is a great opportunity, you know, for people that organization. I think you're still part of that, aren't you? Absolutely, yes. I've been, yeah. been part of yeah. that for a long time. Yeah. And I think, you know, that's the group we're talking about. You know, uh, I think they should be as involved with uh, the the developments that come to our city. Uh, you know, uh, I'm just saying, like, uh, let's say Sherwood Crossing or Wheatfield Village or, you know, any of those uh, that will bring people together with a bunch of amenities. That group, that demographic needs to be involved with the developers uh, so that they can say, but did you think about maybe putting this over in the corner over there? That might really be something that had been overlooked. I know there are a couple of things in this town that I wish we had. I can remember my wife and I and a lot of my friends, we used to have several places in the city of Topeka that we could go to, uh, not necessarily for a dinner or anything, but we could go to, have a few drinks, and listen to, to some real good live music to dance to. Oh, yeah. And, uh, I'm serious. I mean, we used to do that all the time. And, you know, the effort that's going on at the Jayhawk Theater, I think that's a good start. But we need to have a few more of those so that everybody gets their kind of genre of music in at one time or another so they can participate in that. So 
those are some of the things I think that we have to continue to do as well as develop the entrepreneurial hub that is going to be setting up shop in downtown Kansas Avenue because taking advantage of that and bringing plug and play into into Topeka and exposing our young professionals to the opportunities that will be developing in here in Topeka and that they can be a part of that if they are intimately involved with what the plans are. And I think that's what has to happen. You can't just sit back and, well, let's see what happens. Sure. I think you need to stick your hand in there and say, well, make this happen. And so I think the more we can in, include uh, that demographic, the young professionals, the better off we'll be because they'll, they'll help us sustain things that will last for hopefully years and years and years and continue to grow this population. Absolutely, absolutely. And I, I, I wholeheartedly agree. I, I, I think about uh, when I, I think about uh, getting young folks involved in decision making and whatnot in the community, especially when it comes to development. I think that's a huge step. Uh, absolutely. For for building the kind of city I think that we all want to see. Yep. Uh, you know, a, an issue that's, of course, important to young professionals, but also to anyone in our community really is is crime. Um, mm-hmm. and, and when we think about crime in our community, uh, what, what do you think was the, the biggest challenge that's associated? specifically with crime and how do we go about addressing that well you know um since being in law enforcement that's gonna say yeah yeah. (laughs) you know i can remember being at the department and uh we went through all kinds of cycles of how do we report crime you know how do we classify crime i know that city of topeka at one time was reporting crimes uh to the uh what is the UCI Uniform Code, uh, and and we were reporting crimes that other cities were excluding from their crime reports. So what that did is put an imbalance for Topeka because we were being maybe a little more truthful and inclusive of some of the things that were occurring where other cities were holding back a little bit. So it looked sure. uh, like they were in a better position than we were. But then then we, you know, evolved through different uh, systems and different theories of how uh, crime should be categorized. And all those things are technical, in my opinion, and go as, what they do is give you maybe a starting point. I, I don't, I don't, think that they should be used to be a complete representation of a situation in a community. City of Topeka, I can remember uh, uh, through my years of, of service and, and continuing, we go through ebbs and flows of criminal activity as mm-hmm. the city of Topeka. Some of it, and most of it really is, driven by a, a very small percentage of our population. That kind of crime that uh, where you are uh, uh, an, uh, uh, attacked or burglarized or robbed by an uh, individual that is not known to you. Uh, those kinds of crimes are the ones that stick out in my mind where I think those are the kinds of crimes that make, make people, deservedly so, uh, feel uneasy and sure. maybe unsafe. You know, those kinds of uh, uh, those are the things that that I think we have an opportunity to mitigate by what the community does to, I want to say, help the community policing become a true collaboration between officers and the community. 
that community policing concept, I remember it back in the 70s, and it's evolved over the years, decades, uh, depending on what uh, the needs are of each community, and, that, and it, as it should be. Uh, but uh, basic to that is we know police officers know there are more of you than there are police officers, right? Right. More, more citizens. And you guys also outnumber the bad guys. Right. So, so if we collaborate in a good way, that force of enforce, law enforcement and, and citizens committed to having a safe community can be a huge, huge uh, force multiplier in deterring the opportunity for crime in our in our city um, that, that lock it or lose it program sounds sure. simp sounds simple but how many people do you think given uh, given the the opportunity for Monday morning quarterback <laughs> how many of you would decide that it's a good idea to leave a firearm in your car because that's what happens is that a lot of those firearms are stolen from vehicle burglaries sure so so if we practice better tactics as citizens then a lot of those things would be reduced in the way of opportunity we do the crime prevention through environmental design that was initially a concept that came along with Safe Streets, uh, and that's one of the other things I'm most proud of, the Safe Streets organization. Oh, yeah. That started way back with uh, Governor Wagner, and it's still in place and still a very vital program to the city of Topeka. Absolutely. But they, they, you know, they taught about how you how you win back your neighborhood block by block rather than saying, well, this whole side of town needs attention or, or, or the whole city needs attention. Well, we know that. But if you take uh, block by block, you know, eating that elephant a bite at a time. Right. Yeah, just block by block. Uh, you can have an impact on the activity in your neighborhood. Remember way back when, when they used to have block mothers uh, uh, for uh, elementary school kids? You know, there were certain homes designated as a block mother, and they would be out there looking in the neighborhood, make sure the kids got home safely or got off the bus safely. Those kinds of just uh, citizen initiatives are the things that make a huge huge impact. Uh, Topeka has been pretty good about this, to be honest with you, though, because, oh, you know, just like recently when we've had a couple of uh, high profile incidents, uh, it, is, it has been citizen tips that have come in because they're listening, they know what to look for, and they pass on that information as quickly as they can. Those are the kinds of things that make a huge difference. Uh, and I think that uh, Topeka can do a better job. I think Topeka will do a better job because they want safety in their community. And I think that as we look at it as a holistic problem, we talk about how do people get to themselves into these situations? Is there any place for intervention? And that's why I've been working hard with the Center for Peace and Justice and Safe Streets for this gun violence intervention program. I don't know if you've heard of that oh, or not. Yeah. That GVI? Yeah. Yeah. 
And that's what it does. It seeks to try and break that circle of repetitive, break that that uh, tit for tat. You did this to me, now I'm doing this to you. And so it continues back and forth. That's what the effort is. And I know uh, it's going to be tough. It's going to take some uh, real credibility from the people who are involved, some what they call street credit. <laughs> right. So they, yeah, I'm, I'm serious. And some real dedicated uh, police officers to uh, look at how the community can work with them in closer, meaningful ways to help take care of their communities and their neighborhoods. They have to be safe. Um, you know, did you read the, I'm sure you did read the article in the newspaper here, what was the last couple of days ago about the unsolved crimes in Topeka? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Now, if you read through, through some of the You'll you'll see that nobody heard any gunshots or nobody saw anything, right. things like that. I remember almost all of those cases because I was on the department back then. And really, there still was a lot of information coming to the department uh, to help solve those cases. And uh, there, it's frustrating because we know that there's just one or two pieces in almost every one of those that could solve it. Somebody knows something that they have yet step forward with and to the department's credit they've cleared a lot of good cases and with the the use of the uh, cold case detective over at the district attorney's office that's oh, an yeah. ex excellent idea I know the detective over there uh, McLaughlin Pat McLaughlin yeah. he was a sharp detective when he was a PD so that's the best utilization of a lot of years of experience to put him in that position to help serve the community so I think there's a lot that can still be done, and I think we're uh, moving in the right direction. I think we have a good police department, an excellent police department with high levels of training, and I think the leadership down there uh, with Chief Wheelis has been exemplary. I think that they really respond as much as they can, as quickly as they can, given the resources that they have. Sure, absolutely. No, I, I think that gives us a lot to a lot to think about, and a lot. There's a a, a big role. I think for our community and, and helping us for and individual community members and helping keep our community safe in addition to our law enforcement partners and, and folks throughout the community. And, you know, finally, our, our last question of the night. So, you know, at the end of the day, uh, when it all boils down to it, why, why should folks, uh, why should folks vote for you for mayor? Well, I would ask them to, like you said in the introduction, be an informed voter. Uh, I try to do that for myself. Whenever I go to the polling place, I don't look at party lines. I don't look at uh, a whole lot of uh, ads on a regular basis. I really try to find out what's behind a person's desire to serve and what their experience has been to serve. And it's, it's, uh, it's important for me to know that when I get on an airplane, that the pilot who's <laughs> flying that plane has done this before and right. has experience <laughs> and knows what they're doing. I don't want it to be his first day on the job. Sure. Uh, and I ask people to just inform themselves to be uh, good uh, reporters, as it were. Find out the truth. If you've heard a rumor, 
check it out. See if it's true or not. Rumors are not something that you need to, to vote on. If you have, well, I've heard this or I've heard that. Well, if you don't know, find out. I encourage you to find out. There's nothing that uh, that uh, is in my work history or anything that would uh, keep people from, I think, uh, believing that I have made a lifetime commitment to the city of Topeka. And rather than just uh, look to put uh, a number of organizations in a resume. Uh, I've worked on those committees. I have done things that have made a positive impact for different populations in our community. I've worked with the young kids. I've worked with the elderly. I've worked with everybody in between. I've worked with the well-to-do. I've worked with the homeless. So I have, I think, a real good understanding of what the city of Topeka is. I know their communities. I know where uh, Little Russia is and <laughs> what that community is about. Uh, uh, the uh, Oakland area, you know, people used to think that that was the only place that there were Hispanics in the city of Topeka, <laughs> but that's not the truth. Uh, you know, and and uh, the uh, the communities of, of the uh, churches here in the city of Topeka, I'm familiar with an awful lot of them and how they serve their people and their their constituency and and how they take care of themselves and how they look out for each other. I know these people. I know Topeka. And, you know, that comes from years of not just living here, but from years of working here and, and being open to different ideas. I used to keep somebody all the time on my staff when I was at the PD and at the state who would tell me, you know, I think you better rethink what you're coming up with <laughs> and, and take a look at it from a different perspective. Sure. And, and I was always willing to hear that because if I can convince them <laughs> that it's good or they can convince me me that my idea needs fixing, then we end up with the same thing, uh, a product that will be good for everybody. And so when I ask people to vote for me as mayor, I really want you to think about how much uh, I have committed to this community and how dedicated I am to this community and how badly I think that Topeka has been uh, shortchanged for a while, not because of mayors, but because we've looked at ourselves as not being able to do better. And I know we can, and we are doing better. And I want to be uh, th that person to help bring all those people together to move the city forward for ourselves, for the people who live here, the people who will come here, and for generations to come. Well, awesome. Awesome. That is a great, great note to end on. Uh, Mike, thanks so much for, for hanging out with us tonight. Oh, I enjoyed it, Angel. I always enjoy listening and talking to you. You're like a little fire plug. You just <laughs> popping up and igniting things here, there, and everywhere. You know, I wish I had as much energy as you. <laughs> oh my goodness! Well, thank, well, thank you. Well, it's it's always inspiring to to listen to folks like you two who have who've dedicated uh, so much of their their time and service to to their community as well. So the feeling is mutual for sure, for sure. And, and to folks out there listening, we want to remind you again: Election Day coming up is November. 
November 2nd. The deadline to register is October 12th. Uh, you can register or request a mail ballot at ksvotes.org. And as FYI, you can hear more from Mike and the rest of the candidates that are running for office at the end of this month on September 28th. Uh, that is a date for the online candidate form. That is going to be sponsored by the YWCA, Topeka Jump, the League of Women Voters, and United Way of Greater Topeka. Uh, yours truly will get to be the moderator that night, so you'll get to hear oh. some more from me uh, that evening. And folks can sign up to attend that event for free at bit.ly, so B-I-T dot L-Y slash Vote Topeka 2021. So bit.ly slash Vote Topeka 2021. You'll be able to log on and see that uh, for free via Zoom that evening. Uh, so again, folks, go ahead and stay tuned. After the sixth break, we are going to finish things up as we always do with our take action moment of the night. You're listening to Ballots and Brews here on KSEP 75 Radio. You're listening to Ballots and Brews on KSEF Digital Radio Topeka. For advertising opportunities, please go to 785live.com. Thanks for tuning in. 785 Magazine is proud to present KSEF Digital Radio, Topeka, Kansas. That's the thing you're listening to right now. And we're celebrating everything local and everything Topeka. Learn more at 785live.com. And thanks for tuning in. All right, folks, as always here on Ballots and Brews, we are going to wrap things up with our take action moment of the night. Uh, and of course, tonight's uh, first uh, action item is talking all things elections. Uh, so just a quick reminder. Uh, remember, yours truly um, is moderating the Topeka Mayoral and City Council Candidate Forum that is being co-hosted by the League of Women Voters, YWCA, Topeka Jump and United Way of Greater Topeka. That event is coming up on Tuesday, September 28th from 6 to 8 p.m. Again, this is a mayoral and city council candidates uh, forum. So right now, I think we've got nine folks um, signed up, nine candidates that are participating. So that includes both candidates for mayor, both candidates for several of the city council districts as well. So this is a great one-stop shop um, to be able to find and hear from all the candidates that are running for public office in the city of Topeka. Uh, Because COVID-palooza is still a thing, the forum is being hosted virtually, uh, courtesy of everyone's favorite streaming platform, Zoom. Um, registration is free, of course, and you can register online at bit.ly slash vote Topeka 2021. Again, that link is bit.ly slash vote Topeka 2021. You can go right on there to register. You never know what questions I'll ask. Maybe I'll ask why so many cars crash into buildings in this town. You just never know. You'll have to see that night. Uh, our second reminder for tonight. It turns out the city of Topeka is getting pretty serious about wanting to help change the culture of property maintenance in our city. Uh, That's right. The city council's public health and safety committee is seeking public input on how to handle things like substandard properties, vacant properties, overgrowth, and all other things that you have probably ranted about at some point in time as a city resident. Uh, This actually is a pretty cool initiative, uh, and it looks like the city really is trying to rethink their approach to how they handle these issues. And this is something we've talked with city council members about uh, on this show before. And so it's a big priority for a lot of folks on the city council. Uh, The city actually has no fewer than seven upcoming public meetings where you as a member of said public can come listen in and provide your feedback uh, for how the city should approach these types of issues. And I should note, a lot of the meetings are actually available in evening time. So if you are working, of course, you can make those evening times and there are options to participate in person 
and virtually for those meetings. Uh, the meeting times are on the city's Facebook page, they're on the city's webpage, Topeka.org. Um, and of course, you know, we're going to have them on the Bouts and Brews social media sites as well. Uh, so folks, that is it. That is our wrap on our first episode of season two. Thank you so much for tuning in. Rather, you're a returner or a new guest on our humble show. A reminder that you can keep up with us, of course, online on our Facebook page and on our Twitter page at Ballots Brews. Uh, and as always, now more than ever, please, please, please stay safe. You know the drill. Wash your hands, wear your mask, get vaccinated. And in the meantime, drink some good beer and we'll see you next week here on Ballots and Brews on KSF 785 Live Radio. i
Every new beginning comes from some other beginning.